This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. I have something really special for you today, which is which is really cool. So forever ago, I guess it was uh, f- almost four years ago now, when I was coming out with a book, and I was really looking to, you know, change the world with this information. I was so excited, and I, I just had this thought that, okay, there's going to be so many people who just kind of come out of the woodwork and want to do this work with me, and they're going to come, and they're going to be so excited to you, and it's going to be amazing. And so I put it out there, and like, it was just kind of crickets and nobody was just coming knocking down my door saying, yes, I want to do this with you. This is so amazing. And, you know, so I kind of let go of that and said, okay, that's just how it is. No big deal. And went on my way and just kept soldiering forward. And then about a year and a half ago, I actually had somebody on my podcast. His name is Scott Pinyard. And I had him on my podcast and he showed up and not only had he read this naked mind and stopped drinking, but he had also started a coaching business and he was helping other people. And it was so beautiful and so cool. And he was such an amazing guy that after the podcast, I said, Hey, I would love to work together someday. And he said, yeah, me too. And so fast forward. And now Scott is the head coach at this naked mind. He actually leads all of our other coaches. He does an incredible job, not only training and teaching coaches, but also amazingly coaching people himself and really having huge epiphanies uh, in their lives. And so what I wanted to do today is introduce and allow Scott to tell his story, which is really important, but also we're going to be introducing a once a month, very special podcast called basically coaching questions with Scott Pinyard. And it's going to be where he can come on and we get questions, you guys, in coaching that are I mean, they're hard, they're intense, they're deep, they're, you know, you have to wrestle with them and think through them and all of these things. And so this is going to be an ongoing thing where once a month, Scott comes on, he takes some of the more difficult, intense questions, some questions that we're not getting asked elsewhere, and really answers them for everybody on the podcast and just gives you uh, so much value and so much insight and so much just heart. And so without further ado, I'm going to bring Scott on. I'm going to let him go through his story, tell you his story himself, and then stay tuned because we are going to launch this coaching questions with Scott Pinyard. And I cannot tell you how excited I am. Hey guys, Scott Pinyard here. I'm the head coach of This Naked Mind, uh, and I'm going to answer three of some of our most frequently asked coaching questions. Um, these are questions that we get from people who are in our various programs, uh, whether they're uh, you know in live coaching or they write these questions into us or they you know post them on our Facebook walls. These are the types of questions we hear all the time. Um, so I've got three for today. Um, And I'm just going to jump right into the first one. So the first one says, help, I'm going to a conference and I just quit drinking. What do I do? Well, this is a uh, question that's kind of near and dear to my heart um, because this is exactly the sort of thing that happened to me. So prior to coaching full time, I was uh, was in sales. Um, And being in sales for a consulting firm means lots of schmoozing. It means lots of conferences. Um, And so I had to do this. And I remember very clearly, you know, one of the first ones after I quit was in Quebec City at, uh, for those of you who know Quebec, the Chateau Frontenac, right? It was a very fancy meeting to go to. Um, And so, you know, I, I was scared. I was very scared. 
Um, but going through this experience, here are a few things that I learned. Uh, you know, first of all, it's not, it's nowhere near as difficult as we make it out to be. You know, a lot of times when we look at these challenges um, that are laid out in front of us, alcohol-free, and we think, oh, I could never do that without alcohol, we make this problem so much bigger in our heads than it really is. So all of the stress and the worry that I had, you know, on my travels up there um, was completely washed away by the time I actually started experiencing it. And this is the same thing I hear from people over and over and over. It's kind of like we sit down and we sort of, um, we think of like the worst case scenario and that's what we focus on and that becomes a reality when the fact is, you know, it's rarely as bad or as difficult as we think it is. So let me give you a couple of tips a few things that I've found you know, really, really help for, helpful for people um, when they go into situations like this. So number one, visualize where you're gonna be. So for a lot of us, if it's meetings or if it's conferences, chances are we've, you know, have some idea of who's gonna be there or we've been to conferences before so we kind of know how they go, right? You got like the meetings during the day and then the cocktail hour at night and, you know, we, we, get, the, we get it, right? We've done a lot of it. Um, so visualize yourself there, right? Think of traveling there. Think of getting on the plane or waiting for the plane in the airport, right? Not at that airport bar. Um, think of getting on the plane and instead of ordering a drink, you're ordering a Diet Coke, right? How do you feel? What's around you? What do you see? Um, you know, really put yourself in that moment, you know, and then maybe you get off the plane and you go there the day before because it's a long way away. So now you're in a hotel room and you're in a hotel room and you're not drinking. Um, if you're anything like me, hotel rooms uh, were prime drinking time. That was absolutely the case for me. Um, so you're in this hotel room, right? What are you doing? Are you going to work out? Are you just watching TV? You know, literally sit there, close your eyes, and paint the picture in your head. Um, now you're at the conference, right? What's the day of the conference going to be like? Who are you going to see? What sort of stuff are you going to copy? You know, what sort of topics are going to be there? What are you wearing, right? Spend time and energy really visualizing this stuff. Um, and go all the way through your whole trip. Normally, one of the most difficult times of these sort of trips for, for people, uh, people like us are the cocktail hour, right? That reception at the end of the day where maybe you've been sitting in some boring conference all day and now all of a sudden there's all this free booze and you know, people want to uh, people connect, people want to talk. And for a lot of people, they need booze to do that. Um, so picture yourself there, picture how you're going to feel. What is it going to look like? What is it going to smell like? What is it going to sound like being there? You know, how are you going to talk to people? What are you going to engage people on? You know, what are you going to say? What sort of conversations are you going to put, you know, try to try to string together? So spend some time really seeing that, right? Really, really looking into that, really painting that picture. Um, and when you do this, um, you start to feel the emotions and have the thoughts that you are possibly going to have in real life, right? When this actually happens to you. And this is a really good thing um, because you're sort of acclimating yourself to what this is going to be like for you down the road. Um, so that's thing one. Thing two, I've got a, uh, a, a sort of a, a three-point plan that tends to really help people who are going through stuff like this, um, and it's really simple. Uh, have a buddy, have a plan, and have an excuse, um, and I'll go through all three of these one at a time. So first is have a buddy, right? Make sure when you're going into a situation like this, whether it's a work conference or maybe it's a party with friends or a family event, 
you know, make sure that you have someone who knows you're alcohol free, someone you trust, someone you can talk to, maybe someone you can walk up to and, and give a hug to, uh, you know, when, when you don't feel good, if you don't feel good. Um, make sure that person knows that you're not drinking and tell them, commit to them that you're not going to drink. Um, and make sure and check in with that person throughout the night. Now, if this is a work conference, you know, maybe you have some coworkers that are going with you, maybe you have some friends. If you don't have anyone with you, connect with uh, someone at home, maybe your significant other, maybe a sibling, maybe a best friend, whatever it is, the people who support you, let them know I'm going to this event. I am afraid it's going to be challenging for me. Um, and I'd like to check in with you. You know, I'm going to check in with you every half an hour, just so you know, right? Knowing you have that support is, is massive going into this. Uh, number two is have a plan. And what do I mean by this? What I mean by this is have a plan for where you're going to go when the event is over. All too often, we spend so much time thinking about how difficult this is going to be, how hard it's going to be to get through the event, how we're going to be frustrated, we're going to be angry, we're afraid we're going to cave. All of these thoughts are going around in our head. And we, we just have, you know, we have blinders on, right? Like we don't think past the event. So think this through, right? Think about what you're going to do after the event. Um, and also think about, you know, what you're going to do and where you're going to go if you decide, hey, this is too much for me right? I don't want to be around this. Um, you know, when I had done stuff like this before, I would actually make a, a list of people I want to talk to. And so as long as I talked to those people on that list, I was totally free to get out of there. Um, but if you have a plan and you can say, okay, um, you know, if it's too much for me, I'm going to go up to my room or I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to go visit this, you know, restaurant or I'm going to go to this museum, whatever it is, right? Have an idea of where you're going to go have that idea, you know, ready to go in your head in case you kind of bump up against the wall and you think, yeah, this is, uh, this is too much for me. Um, and the final one is have an excuse. So what do I mean by this? What I mean by this is, uh, you know, be, uh, have something in your back pocket that you can use in case you need to leave early. I'll be blunt. When you are in these situations, especially the first few times, your brain is going a mile a minute. Uh, it's very difficult to make decisions, right? It's very difficult to come up with, a, with an elegant or sort of neat excuse that, that you think people are going to buy that you feel comfortable with. So what happens, right? So we're, we, we're in this situation and we're thinking, man, I really got to get out of here. This is too much. I really got to get out of here. I don't know what to say. What is my boss going to say? What is my friends going to say? You know, we're just spending all this time with these wheels churning and you know where that ends up leading to a lot of times? Ah, screw it. I'm just going to go ahead and have a drink. Right. And so we don't want that to happen to you. Um, so have that excuse ready to go, whatever it is, you could use the tried and true to, I don't feel well, which by the way, is completely true if that's the case. Um, or, you know, I might have to call my wife or I'm tired or whatever it is, have that excuse ready. Um, so in case you need it, in case something comes up and you know, you know, you need to go, then that is ultimately thing you use and you don't have to think about it right it's automatic and you can get out of there and you can get on with your uh, day or evening the last sort of tip oh actually one more before i go back to that so have a buddy have a plan have an excuse these are really good things to have and actually if you do this you know if you do this consistently and if you do this well um chances are you'll never have to use this you know the number of people who come back to me and said scott like i you know, I had my buddy, I had my plan, I had my excuse, and I didn't use any of them. That's good news. 
just the fact of having this, right? Just the fact of knowing um, that there's a backup for you um, can be really, really helpful and calming while you're actually in the event. Um, and you'll start to look at, uh, you know, the challenges that are arising as things that might be fun to try to get through instead of this, this awful experience you have to grit your teeth through. Um, so the last point uh, that I want to talk about on this is make a commitment. So one of the things uh, that's really tough when we go into these situations um, is a lot of us tend to say, you know what, I'm going to try really hard not to drink, right? I'm not, I don't think I'm going to drink tonight, right? You hear these sort of non-committal statements. You hear these things of like, well, I'm quitting drinking, so tonight is a night that I'm going to be really careful about it. I mean, what does that even mean, right? So if you're going into a situation and you want to not drink, make a burn the boats commitment, right? And that's where, um, you know, accountability comes into play. That's where self-accountability as well as accountability with others um, can make a big difference. So if you're going into this and you're not going to drink, say, I am not going to drink no matter what. You know, have that commitment going in. Um, know that you have your buddy and your plan and your excuse. Know that this is just one night and that as a matter of fact, research indicates that it gets about half as difficult every time you do it. Uh, so, um, you know, you know that this first time around is going to be difficult, um, but have those facts, have those ideas ready to go in your head. And when you go into this, go in with an open mind. One of the things that is absolutely amazing about this uh, is that we really don't know what things are going to be like for us. You know, we can dread something till there's no tomorrow and then end up having the time of our lives. So there are some tips to get through uh, to get through that situation. I think the last thing I would say about that um, is there is so much that you've been missing from drinking, right? There's so much that you've been missing going on around you. Um, and because you've been drinking, you haven't noticed it. So you're in for a fantastic time. You're in for some surprises. You're in for things where you go, oh, I never noticed that before. I never realized that. Um, so just recognize that, you know, there's so much out there uh, in, with these events, you know, and being able to connect with people um, that there's more than every chance in the world that you're going to have a fantastic time. Um, even if it seems scary, trust me, uh, you will. So the second question um, that I get very often, I'm just kind of paraphrase these from, from questions we've had written into us, is uh, my husband doesn't want to quit and I'm not sure how to deal with him. How can I handle this? So this is, uh, this is a very common situation, right? You know, you have a couple, couple who have been drinking together sometimes for a long time. You might be saying it's like 35, 40 years we've been hanging out and drinking. You know, and maybe it's, it's hardcore partying drinking, but maybe it's just like two or three drinks after work every day. Um, and what tends to happen is one member of the couple identifies before the other member of the couple, hey, this is, uh, this is no good, right? This isn't working for me. I'm recognizing, say, if I take a night off, uh, I can't sleep. Um, and so what ends up happening is um, there's some tension in the relationship. Um, if one person recognizes they drink too much, well, what do you think is going to happen when they tell the person they drink with every single day, I drink too much? Um, you know, I like to say that's like holding up a mirror to someone. And for a lot of us, you know, getting to the point where we admit we have an issue with alcohol takes a lot of courage. And, but there's a whole lot of denial that happens before that. 
So, you know, when someone holds up a mirror to us, when someone says, hey, I drink about the same amount as you and I drink too much, um, that can make us really uncomfortable. And so what ends up happening is, is some tension, right? Um, and there's several different ways to kind of approach this. Um, and it really depends on the specific personality types and what's going on. First, um, and this is important, no matter what sort of, uh, what sort of significant other you have, um, be open and honest. Come up with a list, come up with a, you know, um, a way to explain to your significant other, these are the things I need. You know, maybe it is for you that you don't want alcohol in the house. Well, maybe it is for you that maybe um, you don't want drinking on weekends. Maybe you don't want to have conversations when they're drinking. Whatever it is, understand what that is for you and communicate that very clearly with your significant other. Um, you know, ultimately, uh, what this is all about is you standing up for yourself and saying, you know what, this is this is what I need to get better, right? I'm working on myself. This is what I need to get better. Um, nine times out of ten, um, the 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 other partner has has no problem doing these things, um, and it can absolutely be a sort of stepping stone to a larger conversation, which I'll talk about later. Um, if you have a partner who drinks a lot. Um, it might be wise to schedule some time, maybe some evenings or some out activities outside of the house for you. Um, it's good to break your routine anyway when you're trying to drink, um, but if you know that there's going to be a lot of alcohol in your house all the time, um, then try to do some new things, right? Maybe it's go to the library or go for a walk or go to the gym, or whatever that might be. You know, be aware of what the situation is and plan for it accordingly. Um, Ultimately, what ends up happening, and I've seen this so many times now, is one member of the relationship quits drinking, the other member maybe is a little bit resentful, or maybe a little bit stubborn, or maybe just generally unhappy with the decision. Um, you watch some time go by, you watch the person who's quitting drinking get healthier, and sleep better, and feel better and become more open and loving and trusting of the other one. And eventually what happens? Eventually that other one says, you know, what was that book you read six months ago? You know, what was that course you took? Um, I, and I'm not making this up. I literally see this all the time. And part of it is that for some of us, it's difficult to, to well, it's difficult, I guess, for all of us to admit that we have an issue with it. Um, and for, it's harder for some of us than for others. Um, so also recognize that your, your, your husband in this case, um, is watching, you know, he's probably wondering if you guys have drank together regularly for years, like I said, you know, you saying much applying, uh, well, directly implying that he drinks too much. Um, and so he might already know this and he might be wondering, um, who knows, you know, he's probably had these thoughts for years. So it might make sense to, um, you know, just be open and honest and direct with him and, and talk about it and then just plant that seed and let it germinate. Um, I think my last bit of advice on this, just based on, on people I've worked with over the years, is um, don't, don't preach. Um, it's very easy to get into kind of a preachy mode. It's very easy to start saying, uh, you know, that's ethanol, right? Uh, people, people don't react well to that. Uh, you know, ultimately, if you can be open and honest about your experience and how you're feeling better and what it's done for you, 
um, that's the best you can do to try to convince the other person, hey, maybe this is a good idea. Maybe this is something um, that I should look into too. Um, but I want to end this just by saying that there is absolutely hope. I have seen so many situations where one half of the couple quits drinking and they have brought this up on calls we've done, you know, on the message boards of, oh, wow, this, my, my husband is never going to quit and he's so stubborn and da, 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 da. Um, and you just go a couple months down the road and, and things can change completely. Um, so just keep that in mind, right? Not only is there hope for you to move forward uh, from where you are, um, there's hope for, for, for your husband as well. Um, you know, there's hope that he'll, uh, he'll kind of change his ways and, and join you on this journey eventually. All right, I have one last question. Um, and this, again, is another one that we get fairly regularly, um, and here it is. I am about to quit drinking and I'm freaking out. My quit date is next week. What tips do you have for me for those first few days? <clears throat> this is something I could talk about for a very long time, but I'm not going to. Um, I will give some high level sort of advice and the, the sort of things that I like to see people do going into this situation. Um, first, uh, take a picture of yourself. Um, you know, this is something, you know, we, we tend to scoff at. And I know like before and after photos from like weight loss and stuff like that, it's kind of cliche, but man, is it valuable? It's, it's, it's valuable and it's really worth something, you know, to be able to see. So take a picture before you quit drinking. Um, and you know, you're going to compare that to a picture maybe 30 days in, maybe 60 days in, maybe six months in, um, you're going to notice such a massive difference. Um, but even just a few weeks, you can start to notice it. Um, so have that picture. The second thing, um, just like recording what you look like, is record how you feel. Um, for some people, that's a written, you know, a handwritten journal. For other people, that might be video journals. I did a, I did a video diary when I did it. I would, uh, I would turn my phone on while I drove to work and just talk to myself like a crazy person for 20 minutes while I drove somewhere. Um, whatever that is, however you can do it, you know, really convey the way you feel um, and start doing that now and keep doing that throughout your journey. It is such a gift to give yourself to be able to look back on certain parts of your journey and say, wow, at this point I was feeling so happy. And then, oh, look at this, this thing happened. And, you know, I was struggling with this and I was struggling with that. But chronicling this will absolutely help you. Um, as you keep going, it'll help you kind of get a sense of where you've been. It'll get you some confidence that you can keep going. Um, and there's another reason, actually, that journaling can really help is that many times a lot of us, um, you know, we go through this process somewhat alone. You know, in the last question, I was talking about a husband-wife relationship where one was quitting drinking and the other one didn't want to. Um, that's kind of lonely. So if you are doing a video journal, if you are writing down your thoughts every day, you're communicating what's going on. And that is so massively helpful to help us process, to help us work through the emotions and the thoughts that come up. Um, so, you know, take that time to, to actually journal. Uh, my next tip is to, uh, you know, prepare for a few days of some bumps. You know, for a lot of us, um, probably one of the most common things is, uh, is sleep disturbances. Right, so um, if you have a, a partner that you live with, make sure that they're aware of that. Make sure that you kind of open up your schedule a little bit, right? Let yourself go to bed a little bit earlier. 
Uh, maybe let yourself sleep in a little bit earlier. Just be kind of generally nice to yourself um, around the sleep uh, aspect and rest aspect of this. Um, there's no guarantee, by the way, that sleep's going to be an issue for you. Um, but just kind of having that in the back of your mind and planning that out um, can be massively, massively beneficial. Um, you know, another tip that I give people, um, it's kind of not a tip as much as it is just something to think through, um, is really think about if you want to have alcohol around while you're quitting. So, um, you know, maybe this is possible for you, maybe it's not, maybe there's someone else in your house who drinks who wants to have their alcohol, that's fine. Um, but for many of us, uh, you know, we might have bars or, you know, bottles of wine or whatever it is, right? We might have been brewing beer and have a bunch of that in the cellar somewhere. Um, but recognize, you know, man, is this going to be good for me if I have it around? Right? Is this something that's going to work? Now, when I quit, um, there were a couple of bottles of wine in, in my kitchen. And uh, it didn't bother me. You know, it didn't bother me because I got to a certain point. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm me, right? You're you. So many people just say, you know what, I don't feel like having this around. And so um, you can dump it out if you want to do that. You can give it away to friends, whatever you want to do. But just kind of think that through and think through like, okay, this is this is not necessarily helping me, um, and here's, uh, here's what I'm gonna do with it. Uh, my last tip, um, and I, like I said, I could keep going on these, but um, these are kind of the, the greatest hits. The last one that I would uh, highly, highly recommend is plan, um, plan to be gentle with yourself. Plan to do something nice for yourself. Um, and that could mean a lot of different things, right? That could mean, uh, you know what, after a week, I'm going to go get a massage or I'm going to save the money I was going to spend on this and I'm going to go buy myself a new fill in the blank. Um, you know, there's one lady that was in, uh, one of our courses, um, that saved up all of her money for a year and went out and bought a car. I don't think she drank that much in a year. Um, but still the idea was there, right? The idea was, um, you know, $40,000 with alcohol is a lot, <laughs> like, the idea was there is that she was saving the money from drinking and then eventually that treat was out there um, and she took advantage of it. But figure out what that is for you, you know. Um, but besides doing something like that, just recognize what are the sort of things that you, uh, you can do to treat yourself well. So I already talked about sleep. Um, make sure you have sort of just downtime in general, right? Sort of disconnected relaxation time. Um, and sort of, you know, be, give yourself the space to be gentle on yourself. This, for a lot of us, is a massive transition. Um, it's a big change, and many of us have tried this multiple times and have really had a difficult time making it work. So recognizing that, right, recognizing that this is hard, can be hard work, that for your body and your brain, as your, your body and brain are healing, um, since this can be hard work, Give yourself the space to rest and recuperate. Give yourself the treats to feel good about it. Um, and that can, that can go a long way, especially in early days. So there you have it. Uh, those are three of the most commonly asked questions. Um, you know, I'll be back on this podcast from time to time to uh, answer more questions, talk a little bit more about coaching, talk a little bit more about this process in general. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to me and uh, we'll talk soon. Take care. This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word.